Hello friends and what is up? I am Daryl Smart and welcome to Smart Sports Podcast. I hope you've all had a great weekend and are having a great week so far. Thanks for joining us. This week we're going to talk a little junior hockey. With the Provincial Junior Hockey League starting over the weekend, I thought it would be great to have at least one of the teams on the podcast. This time it's going to be the Port Dover Sailors and I've got its head coach, Mike Tobin. Tobes, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Our pleasure. So last year, a 13-24 and two and three record. Uh, last year was definitely a disappointment. We uh, we underachieved grossly. Um, it was real real hard pill to swallow. We uh, you know the year before, like you said, we had we had went from an eighth place team for 30 years to basically got the fifth, got the fourth, got the third, and then last year we dropped to sixth, and it was. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of guys who didn't have good years. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did have some bright spots. Uh, the one thing with junior C hockey, though, is you know it's supposed to be a development league, and that's exactly what we did. We've two of our our younger players from last year graduated to uh, to junior B, so you know that's one thing that came up on the positive side of last year's uh, last year's efforts. So heading into the year. What was kind of the uh, makeup of your summer or your off season? What were you kind of trying to accomplish heading into this season? I think uh, probably more than anything, we were we were looking for uh, some more depth. Last year, we didn't have a whole lot of depth. Uh, we were dependent on you know five or six guys, and it wasn't enough. And if if a couple of those guys have nights off, um, it put us in a hole. Yeah. Um, so we were looking at that, and I think character is another thing we were looking at. We weren't real happy with uh, the direction our dressing room went in, and uh, you know you want to make sure you're surrounded with with good quality quality players as well as people. And mm-hmm. I think we uh, we run into a little bit of an issue with that, a little bit of turmoil in our dressing room, which reflected on the ice as well. And uh, just with that said, what did you do during the off season to try and grow that culture back? And I I know over the years you've been a huge huge proponent of uh chemistry and just getting that brotherhood in their dressing room and uh, so what did you do over the off season to try and build that back up well i tell you um recruiting is becoming that much harder we had a brief conversation earlier yourself and i but um now uh we had some skates throughout the entire summer but the problem is um a lot of the junior programs have become cash grabs uh-huh. uh, that's exactly what it is they'll they're holding camps and they'll have 60 70 kids at their rookie camps at uh 250 bucks a crack and back in the day they would ask kids to uh you know your top three top five kids they would invite them out to their main camp because they were the ones that they were uh genuinely interested in well now it's changed they're actually having they'll come up to 30 35, 40 kids and tell them, listen, you did everything we want. We're really interested in you. They had them, they bring them out to make out to their main camp now for another 150 bucks. So the problem with the equation, you've got 30 kids on 48 different junior A and junior B teams that all under the illusion that they think they're going to be making a team. And that's 1500 kids in Southern Ontario alone that aren't available to the junior C teams until they all get released the same weekend. So it's it's real difficult. And most of those kids are sitting at home. There's nowhere to play right now. And it really so, creates a bottleneck. Like like you said, yeah, we had that exactly. brief conversation. 
It might be almost worth kind of elaborating on it. And you, you had a really good point about uh, just start dates, uh, camp start dates and even season start dates because, again, the uh, the GOJHL started two weekends ago. Or, uh, yeah, two weekends ago, I guess now, because they uh, had the showcase two weekends ago. And uh, OJHL, the Junior A League under the OHA banner, uh, started last week. And with you guys starting this week, it uh, or this weekend, it really kind of created that bottleneck because you would think almost that uh, the Junior A teams would start first, then the B, then the C, so you can have that trickle-down effect, like you said, to have those players come down through the ranks. And it, you definitely would think so. And part of the problem that, ar- that arises is, even though we're all under the same umbrella of the OHA, uh, there's no real working agreement with the three leagues at all. Uh, the A's and B's are essentially fighting tooth and nail with each other, and the, the C's are basically the, the stepchild of the organization. So we don't have a whole lot of clout or a lot of pull, even though... There's more of our teams than there are the other two, but we still get still get walked on quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, and to even throw one more hurdle into the mix is this year they've given the junior A's and the junior B teams ten more cards, so they actually have 45 cards. Wow! All that does is it, it basically allows the kids, it allows the teams to sign more kids just for the purpose of selling them. They have no interest in them. And I mean, don't be wrong. Not every not every guy is out there for the dollar, but there's a lot of people that aren't aren't too interested in the kids' best interest. So, with that said, what kind of the, what does that do for junior C teams like yourself? What what does that create? Well, it's it's really hard because it's um, you know, you you know very well that uh, for our signing dates, like this year, we did something different. Everything that we do is with Hockey Canada is through. Uh, electronically done this year, which is a new program to us. So um, they wanted us, you know, having our cards in advance and everything else, where before all I'd have to do is take a picture and send them the card as warm-up is starting. As long as the guy was on our active roster and the card was sent in prior to a game, you're fine. Yeah. The problem is if I had assigned all my players, you know, a month ago when they were asking me to, well, my 35 cards would be gone because, like I said, 1,500 kids become available, and, you know, we owe it to the organization and the players here to take the best possible players that are available to you. So, you know, you you, you got to try to be fair to the kids who have been skating with you in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them make the team and some of them don't. It puts, and it's not something I like to do, but it, it puts everybody between a rock and a hard place. So to to so to say the very least, the, the first couple of weeks of the regular season – it's almost uh, slim pickings, especially roster-wise, for you guys. It, it definitely is, and then what it, what essentially happens is, so we we started our season on Sunday. Yep. So the Thursday, I made my lineup, and you know I basically we're allowed a twenty-three man roster, which which me personally I don't like doing because it means I have to have three healthy scratches. Yeah, which I don't like doing. However, you need a safety net to have at least one extra skater between injuries and exams and all our university students and everything and suspensions. Yeah. So I signed 21 guys and you know, I had a couple of guys who for whatever reason didn't make the first practice. Well, they didn't make the first lineup either because you know, I, I, you got you need commitment from the guys. So there's guys who, you know, why can't you sign me? You, you, you have two more cards available. Well, yeah. 
because I don't want to have you. I want to see you play hockey. Yeah. And I'm giving you the opportunity to play somewhere else. It's, I don't want to see you in the stands as a healthy scratch on a regular basis. Exactly. And uh, first game of the season, like you said, was Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon at home. You yeah. played the the Hagersville Hawks and eight uh, four loss for you guys. Uh, what did you see on the ice? What did you What did you like? What What didn't you like about your group well, so far? This is normally I would say I didn't like a thing, but actually it was one of those things. <laughs> that, um, it was a tale of two tapes for us. We came out our first seven minutes; they dominated us in every element. It's yep. as though. Um, we were still in the dressing room ready to play a game of ring We were not ready to play hockey at all. They worked us, out hustled us, out scored us, out everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, something clicked in, and we actually got away with the end of the first period. The score wasn't that bad. It was 4-3 to three for them. Yeah. Um, we came out in the second period, and it was a completely different team. We dominated at every element. Uh, we out-hit them grossly. We outplayed them, out-chanced them. Um, they, their goaltender played well. Mm-hmm. They got a couple of breaks as far as some goals and whatnot. And, you know, as it turned out, even though we, we grossly outplayed them, I think the score was 6-4 at the end of the second, which didn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's why we play the game. Um, we, not making excuses, it's just there was some promise, you know, definitely some promise. The mistakes yeah. that we made, we had five breakdowns that were like terrible breakdowns, you know, a bad pinch, go down a 2-1 and one and score, like plays like that. Yeah. And every time we had a breakdown, it was pulled out of the back of our net. It was so, one of those things where they took advantage. They really did take 100%. advantage. 100%. Yeah. Where we, we, Hagerville is a sound team. They're coached well. They, uh, they play really hard. Uh, as a talent level, they ha- they only have a couple of real talented players, but they give you, they'll give you 95% on a regular basis every single time you play them. They play with a little bit of jam. So yeah. unless you're going to m- match their work ethic, you're going to be on uh, the losing end of a score sheet, and that's what happened with us. Mm-hmm. And just talking about your team and a bit of the makeup of it, what? Uh, how have you designed this team this season? Well, we we ended up having some late additions, so I just picked up uh, four guys late in the season, and like it's, everything's still coming together. So yeah, there was there was four guys who got one practice in with us. So I I'd even I'd never seen them in a game situation. Yeah. So it makes it really, really hard, but um, we're going to start clicking in the next next little bit. You know, it's going to take a couple of weeks for for things to come together. And we start our season on a on a tough note. We we play our first four games are against the teams that finished one, two, three, and four last year. Yeah. So you know we gotta gotta play them sometimes. So we might as well start with them. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, what's yeah. the makeup of the team? Uh, rookies, veterans. Um. We've got a little bit of size. We're not. I don't think we're as big as we were to start the season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, on the back end, you know, we lost probably the best defenseman in the league last year in Max Gamlin. Yeah. So we don't replace him with one player. We're trying to be a little bit deeper than we were last year. Yeah. Same thing up front. I think last year we, like I said earlier, we depended on two lines. I think this year we're trying to uh, have some more depth and some more guys jumping on board and contributing. We've yeah. got... Uh, a couple new local guys, which was nice. Um, we got four new guys from the University of Guelph, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're trying to build a relationship up there, which is working real real well for us. A couple of kids uh, look look really promising in this game. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's it's really, t- really early to, to judge anybody off one performance because there was 
three or four guys that I was really happy with who played really well, yeah. and there was three or four guys that uh, didn't bring a whole lot to the table. So I don't <laughs> want to judge them off one performance. No, exactly. Who are some of the guys that are going to be leaned upon this year? Well, we've got a we've got a local kid. Funny enough that uh, you talk about leaned upon. I just think he's the kind of kid who, in junior C, to me, your best attribute is your compete level. Yeah. And this kid brings it night in, night out. He's not the biggest, but you're never going to see anybody work harder or go faster or go harder. Uh, ben Mason's his name. He would have played yep. played Brantford growing up in Port Dover. Last year he was on the Port Dover midget team, and uh, I would have loved to have taken him last year, but I I only was allowed one 16-year-old, and I, and I had to have a defenseman. So yep. that's why he didn't play with me last year. But uh, – He's a water bug out there, and he's actually put a little bit more size on this year, size and strength. So he's, once I can get him working a little bit harder on his shot, he's, he's really going to be a force. Um, we made a trade with Glambrook last year, and we picked up a kid who's uh, going to school in Kitchener, mm-hmm. so which isn't too far from Guelph, hence he drives with the guys from Guelph. And uh, he's a guy who scored 50 points in this league for two years. So you know, I get it. He was playing with Glambrook scoring 25, 26 goals, but uh, yeah. he didn't do it on talent. He did it on work ethic. So the guys who are talented, mm-hmm. you know, they can go in droughts. The guys who work hard, it's going to come to them whether they're talented or not. Exactly. Who is that? His name's Keaton Cooley. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah forward, really good skater. He threw about, hits everything in sight. Six one, a little bit slight on the weight side, but he flies. He's a good skater. Nice. And speaking yeah. of depth, you deep in goal? We've got two goalies. One kid, um, a returning guy, Andrew Hawkins, an OA for us. Yeah, um, solid goalie, solid goalie. Yeah, he came off a, a tough year last year. He had a couple injuries. He had an infection in his back, and he had a concussion. So yeah. two, two things were, were pretty tough for him to get over. So I don't think he had the best of years last year. Well, and the year previous, he was one of our best players. Yeah, he was. Uh, he kept you in. He kept in. Yeah, definitely. So we're hoping we can get a return to form out of him. And we've, we've got a new guy, Johnny. Um, don't ask me to say his last name because it's about uh, 15 <laughs> constant. But, uh, yeah, he's a kid out of Milton. Yep. And uh, he would have played junior in the state last year, actually. Really? So he's eager. He's the first guy at the arena, first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice. He's a big kid. He's probably six one and a half, six two. Um Nice. The two games that he's played with us so far, he's looked very confident, comfortable in the net, and held his own. So um, I think the boys like him. He's a typical goal. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He's quiet <laughs> in his corner, which is makes it easy for me. <laughs> Come on. The goalie's supposed to be dancing in the corner. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you were talking about the relationship with the University of Guelph. And uh, we might as well get into that. Is, I think yeah. we've talked about it. Many times, and I, I think it's an interesting story, and not many people know about it. And uh, and of course, we've always talked about being in Port Dover. It's kind of hard to recruit north, south, east, and west when you have Lake Erie yeah. <laughs> to the south of Law, right on, right in your backyard. So you guys have really done a interesting thing by creating a partnership with the University of Guelph, and maybe you can elaborate on that had to. I mean, you know, part of the problem we have down in our area is you've got, uh, you know, three or four junior junior C teams in the immediate area, 
that are all fighting over a small handful of players to begin with. Yeah. So that, that creates a problem. But the other thing we looked at is all the teams that have been successful in our league. Well, the same thing works for Junior B as well, but most of the time in the Junior C league, it's location. And they, they have a close proximity to university and colleges, mm-hmm. which, you know, outside of the, the school at Fanshawe and Simcoe, which I don't know if there's a hockey player amongst them, uh, we don't really have any schools in our area. So yeah. Guelph, Guelph has major junior, and they've got the university team. The junior B hockey left there two years ago, so there's kind of an open door, and a lot of kids that go to school there, they have nowhere to play. So, yeah. And a lot of kids, university students, don't have vehicles or don't have rides. So we basically thought that might be an avenue we might look at, and you know, we got in touch with the university program, the high school, or the high school, the university hockey program there. And, uh, you know, there happens to be a, a close relationship with a couple of the Stevens brothers. Who, yeah. Two of them have played there. The other one's a coach and they're from Turkey Point. And one of them actually works for our owner, John Lennox in the, in the summertime. Yep. So they're pretty good, pretty good relationship there. And they're really good guys. And oh, they're great they guys. Yeah. They're really good guys. And they understand what we're trying to do here. And, one of the things that we really preach is, uh, you know, education with the Dover team. Yeah. We talked about it before. We're trying to bring in character guys. And a lot of times when you, uh, when you have guys that are going to school and continue with education, you know, you, you have a lot less issues in the dressing room or off ice with kids that, uh, you know, you, you don't really need to deal with that end of stuff. Exactly. And and again, you get kids that are focused on school. You, they'll be focused on hockey as well when they're uh, at the rink. Time management and everything else. You're right. 100%. So Lennox, one of the things that John Lennox always talks about is, you know, find young gentlemen. Yeah. And that's something that he really truly believes in. So it's a little bit, a little bit different from the old take back to the 70s where, coaches were in the dressing room drinking with their players and smoking and everything else those, <laughs> those days were long long gone yeah yeah that's for sure yeah. and uh and again just with that you guys provide transportation yeah. to and from I mean, the school which uh, again it's a very out you're, you guys are th- thinking way outside the box <laughs> compared to other teams that's for sure and you know what with, with recruiting we had a, a kid on our team who's going to school there and He's originally from Peterborough, and his parents, when I met the the kid as well as the father, that was one of the things we sold him on was, uh, you know what, we have a van, there's a driver to the van, you don't have to worry about weather, you don't have to worry about time management for studying, Um, you know, that's two, three hours a night saved, plus just peace of mind knowing that your kid isn't out town in the road during a snowstorm or whatever. Yeah, exactly. and we've been with, with that, our, our league's been incredibly lucky the last few years because I think in the four years that I've been part of the, five years that I've been part of the program, um, I had to cancel one practice. That was it. It was because of ice. Yeah. Had a, so we've been real lucky down in the Niagara district. Yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, just go, going back, looking into the season, what are some of the expectations for you guys? I'd be lying if I told you I don't want to win. Well, of course. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Everybody. You know, it becomes really hard when you're, when you're in isolated areas, which, you know, I'm from here and I love it here and everything else, but let's face it, we're, we're the last corner in our league, right? So it's hard to recruit guys and everything else, but the one thing that does make it easier to recruit is winning. So 
come Christmas time, if we can be in third or fourth place or first or second place, opposed to being in, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, it's a lot easier to call the kid in and who is being released from junior B or has had enough to have to leave because he's not doing well in school. It's a lot easier to bring him in, convince him to come here because we're competing and doing well than it is to, like I said, go to the eighth place team. So what's it going to take to get there? I, I think we have to play honest hockey. Like there's a right way and a wrong way. And, I, you know, we don't have any superstars. Yeah. In order for our team to compete on a regular basis and have a chance to win, we have to show up to play every night. Mm-hmm. And like I said, in this league, your biggest attribute as a junior C player is your level. And we had, not Sunday, but last year we had too many guys who thought they could turn it on and turn it off when they want to. Exactly. And yeah. it didn't happen that way. In the playoffs, we had guys half the size of half of our players that out-muscled them, out-manned them, out-worked them. And when they decided they wanted to play, it was too late. Well, when you get so, to that level, it's about the desire, right? And That's something you can't turn off and on. No, not at all. Not at all. You either have it or you don't. So the search is out to try to find guys who do have it. And I think we've brought some guys in who, who definitely do. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, as far as the Bloomfield division, uh, what have you seen or what have you heard so far just uh, heading into the season? Obviously, the Grimsby's and the Glambrooks and Hagersvilles at the top. I mean, we played Hagersville the other day, and, uh, you know, we, we played Hagersville tough last year. I think we uh, we were 4-2 and two against them, and then come playoff time, they, they swept us. Yeah. So... Um, because they brought they brought it, they competed. Um, so Grimsby's near Glambrook are definitely your two top teams. I think they played against each other Sunday, and it was a close game, five three. So that that rivalry's there. Um, the other team, it's a little early to tell, but I think uh, I think Dundas has been getting a couple of players out of Caledonia, so Dundas will definitely be better. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls took a step last year. <laughs> I think they finished fourth last year. Yeah. They they've won their first game, so it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think even Hesler's taking some strides in the right direction. So it's up to us to, to keep up and, you know, hopefully propel past, past ah. some of the teams. Nice. Well, thanks a lot for doing this, Tobes. I really appreciate it, man. Definitely, buddy, for sure. We'll have to do that. Uh, we'll have to do this some other time. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure we have a couple of topics we could talk about. <laughs> yeah, no. That's my talk on the phone all night. <laughs> I know. Tell me what. It... <laughs> well, thanks for doing this and good luck this season. And uh, we'll definitely be catching up with you uh, during the season. So we'll see you at the rink. Definitely. Thanks, Marty. Shoutouts. The first shoutout goes out to the Fort Dover Steelheads Bantam team. This group has been nothing short of dominant in the early going of the Ontario Football League 9 on 9 division. Over the weekend, they beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 54-0 to improve to 3-0 on the season. What's most impressive about these first three games of the season is that the Steelheads haven't allowed a point. In the first game of the season, they beat Tottenham 56-0 and then went on to beat Halton 34-0. Keep up the great work, Steelheads, and good luck the rest of the way. Last shout-out goes out to Hurricane Hannah Farrell. Hannah is from Vanessa and took home her first-ever checkered flag at Oshmegan Speedway in the Strickland's Brantford Chevrolet Crate Sprint Cars race on the last weekend of the season. Great job, Hannah, and congratulations. 
Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to listen. It really is appreciated. If you'd like to check out more local sports, make sure to go over to the Smart Sports Podcast Facebook page for more stories, scores, and events. The goal is to make the Facebook page a one-stop shop for all things local sports. And again, make sure to like and share it so we can keep on growing this thing. I am Daryl Smart, and I will talk to you later.